0: Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, and I am joined today with Pete DeMeo.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 60. That's incredible.
0: You comment every week on the episode number. It's really interesting.
1: Because I'm getting close to turning 40. Yeah. In a couple weeks, and now the age is really starting to catch up with me. And like numbers matter now. now? Yeah, they really matter.
0: Like I feel like people make a big deal if a number ends in a zero or something like that. Yeah. But you seem to like, oh, we're at episode 54 now, and now Every it's episode 55. Like everyone's a shock that we didn't <laughs> get canceled. Not that anyone exactly, can really yeah. cancel it, because it's up to us whether we can keep doing this or not. And to my left is... Melissa Kavanaugh.
2: Hello, everyone. I also have a birthday coming up in a few weeks, and mine does not end in a zero.
0: This is true. You, you guys. I have a calendar on my desk. Uh, it has the beautiful Natalie Portman on it, and it also has birthdays written on it. And I noticed that both you and and my lovely wife have birthdays this month. Yes. So it's a very important month. And joining me via the magic of Skype and the interwebs, it is not Misha Bukikio who usually joins us today. We have a very special guest from Trust You, and it is Valerie Casillas. Welcome to the show, Valerie.
3: Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I also saw that it was podcast number 60 and thought that was very exciting. Anything with a zero or a five, I feel like is cause for celebration.
0: I agree. And I, I think zeros and fives are good, but Pete just, he goes too far. He's, he's commenting <laughs> on every number. Like, no one's impressed no. at twos and threes and fours.
1: Valerie and me are on the same page on this one. Yeah, I appreciate the
3: enthusiasm. Okay.
0: Well, when we hit 100, Pete might spontaneously combust. We're not sure. Or I
3: might go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> We've It'd
1: done be, this nine, nine other times. What's the point?
0: That's right. Maybe so. Well, today we have Valerie. And the reason is that Trust You put out this really cool study that they did looking at... Uh, guest satisfaction and why don't you start a little bit for us before we jump into the news Valerie and tell us a little bit about Trust You and what you guys do. Sounds good. So um, if, if you've heard about
3: Trust You or maybe if you haven't we're kind of known in the industry as an online reputation management solution and that is correct but we think a, a better way of thinking about Trust You is as a guest feedback platform. So it really is an end-to-end solution for guest feedback. Um, we're so much more than just online reputation management at this point. We believe that guest feedback really does influence every stage of the guest journey. It's not just reading reviews and replying to them. And we're really looking to help hotels discover ways to utilize their guest feedback to better market their hotel to travelers and also to improve their hotel for future travelers that they might want to have booked with them.
0: That's, that's amazing. I mean, the, the concept of listening to your guest Customer to see what they like and don't like is, I mean, that's revolutionary, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it seems like a simple concept, but you know, you see more and more in, you know, even businesses outside of hospitality, um, you know, software is now getting reviewed. Right. You know, me as a marketing director, I'm not buying a software until I'm seeing if my peers have also liked it as well. So, I think it's it's huge. It's not just in hospitality or the service industry. It really is everywhere else. That
0: for, for sure
3: reviews are super
0: important. Yeah, and you know it's amazing to me how many hotels we come across that aren't paying attention. You know, and for years, and it's beginning to, to change. But for years, a lot of people come to us and say, "I don't like Tripadvisor. I don't like reviews." And and you know we're trying to educate them on this is probably one of the most important parts of your job because it's this is an open book on what people like and don't like. So tools like yours. Make it really easy for a hotel to manage that, you know, because cause it is a challenge, right? They're busy cleaning cleaning the rooms and servicing the people on property. They don't really think a lot about the people after they've left. So this, is, this kind of becomes an afterthought because it's a lot of work, especially now because there's responses and feedback from their guests in so many places on the internet. So a tool like Trust You makes it really easy for people to manage that which has never really been possible in the past.
3: Right, exactly. And I think what hotels, you know, don't like about responding to reviews is they don't like the bad reviews, right? And who can blame them? But, you know, that's why that's why we've stepped in and we want to help them get good reviews so that they are excited about seeing their reviews and seeing their scores climb and getting more bookings as a result of it. So, you know, we're trying to really hone in on the positivity of online reviews and not the negative
0: stuff. Right, for sure. But when there is a negative review, it's a learning opportunity for the property too, right? If they start seeing there's a trend of people complaining about a miserable person at the front desk, then that's an operational uh, opportunity for you to make an improvement. So I I think there's definitely value in everything, but... What we found is the majority of people that that they if they're encouraged to do so, they're more willing to leave a positive review. It's just that you sometimes you just have to ask, and a lot of hotels n- neglect to do that.
3: Absolutely. I mean, if you think about you know who you would talk to about maybe getting a job referral from, it's probably someone that you've been in contact with regularly. You don't want to just reach out to someone blind. So it's about starting that relationship with the guest very early and making sure that they're you know, pre stay and on site experience is great so that that post day review is also really positive as well.
0: Right. So what, what is it that differentiates trust you from the competitors in your space?
3: Yeah, so I think the the fact that we are the end to end solution for guest feedback. So, you know, one of the main reasons that we published um, the study that we'll be talking about a little bit later is because Um, We were finding that, you know, hotels were seeing their online reviews, they were replying to them, they were reaching out via surveys to get more of them, and that's all great. We We can support every part of that in our platform, but it was actually, you know, that they wanted to improve the on-site experience more so. So we needed to figure out a solution that met those needs, and so that's our communication products. And again, that really solidifies the fact that we're we're utilizing guest feedback in every stage of the guest journey before they book with the online reviews that they can read. Um, on-site with these communication solutions and then also post-day with the surveys and the analytics that we also have so you can dig into the data, find out what people are liking and what they're not liking and improve your hotel operations as a result.
0: That's great. And when you said analytics and data, Melissa perked up over here. That's, she, she starts <laughs> nerding out when we start seeing data. Um, all right, so let's, let's do our normal show format before we jump into the, the actual study. Let's check in with Pete and see what's going on in the news
1: okay well the first news item we have today comes to us from t news and it was actually part of a larger release that expedia put out uh pretty recently but the headline is expedia moves beyond distribution with new tools to help hoteliers sell direct which is not necessarily the headline you'd expect to hear from expedia who's all about getting people to not book direct
0: we are in bizarro (laughs) world ladies and gentlemen
1: cats and dogs living together and everything. Uh, but basically what they're doing is, you know, about a year ago they came out with Rev Plus, which was a revenue management tool for hotels. And we're starting to see them get more and more into that game. And with this new system that they rolled out, which is part of a company that they have called Expedia Powered Technologies, it's going to be a private label system for basically packaging a lot of book direct and hotel tools, all in one interface. And those tools include loyalty programs, uh, groups and meetings, booking systems, a, what they call travel ads, which is a PPC type model for, you know, driving traffic through Expedia. And of course their, their rev plus program for revenue management. They're getting more and more into the game of helping hoteliers with their operations and marketing, which is really interesting to me. Now they haven't revealed the specific pricing and everything for this new initiative, but, you know, where they're going is very interesting.
0: Yeah, and we, we kind of called this, you know, call us Nostradamus. And and I don't know enough about the specifics of this to talk intelligently, so I'm gonna talk some somewhat unintelligently about it. But, you know, we when they came out with Rev Plus over a year ago, we had a rep from Expedia on the show, I forget what episode it was, I should remember, but um, they talked in depth about the future and how they wanted to get closer to the hotels and kind of go against the tide, which is, you know, this frenemy relationship that we've had between hotels and the OTAs. So it's not a surprise they're heading in this direction. It's going to be interesting to see what adoption it gets. You know, things like Rev Plus are free, but when you start talking about these, these CPCs and, you know, Loyalty programs are they going to start monetizing some of this stuff eventually? And is a hotel really want to going to get get in bed further with the OTAs versus they need to use them as a, a necessary distribution channel? And if used right, it's it's a great phenomenal distribution channel. But you know the other OTAs, Priceline Group's going to come out with similar stuff. You know we've seen them do that a lot already on the restaurant side. They've already got a lot of tools and POSs and things like that. So I think we're going to see a battle royale here for the the hoteliers' love of an OTA between Priceline Group and Expedia Group.
1: Well, that that's why I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit interesting is you know, Expedia is moving in this direction. Are they? Is their goal to be the lesser of two evils in terms of the OTA, where you're going to go to Expedia for most of your services and then you know look lesser upon? They're going to be Priceline. your favorite distribution
0: channel. Right. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, Valerie. You have have an opinion on this one. Yeah, I found this. I found
3: this one really interesting. I mean, where is it or what is Expedia not doing really at this point? Um, they are are now providing so many different hospitality solutions. The one that stood out to me because I used to work at CVent, which was an event technology uh, company, and we worked with many third-party planners, helping them send RFPs to big meeting spaces. And now they have this mice booking technology that's essentially all, all completely automates that process, which I know is a huge pain point. So, I'll be I'll be definitely interested to to see where that goes. But I mean, I was talking before about the importance of N ten solutions. You know, when you're talking about a hotel's technology stack, I think more hotels are being sensitive about how many solutions they're using. So, I think this is definitely a power play.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, it again, I, I'm interested to see. I don't know any hotels, even realistically using rev plus to its maximum potential yet and it's been out for a year you know so when you start talking about things like loyalty programs you know that are are people really gonna move that direction i don't know it's interesting though i think it's a smart move from Expedia. they had they had to do something to to stop the continued barrage of attacks they've had over the last two or three years from the book direct kind of momentum that's been around Melissa, you have an opinion on this?
2: I'm with Pete. I feel like maybe they're positioning themselves to be the lesser of two evils and uh, making people you know, choose them and hopefully make gains that way.
0: Yeah, so it's it's just a value proposition yeah. that they're adding to, yep. the, to their existing set.
1: What do you think about the concept that this is a big Trojan horse to get Expedia completely integrated with every hotel and then force them to choose an OTA or force them to choose Expedia and do away with direct bookings.
0: Well, as big a fan as I am of conspiracy theories <laughs> and horses in general, especially ones of the Trojan variety, I, I don't know if I quite... I'm throwing that conspiracy theory quite... out
1: there first to see what happens. Yeah,
0: them. I'm not sure. Well, maybe you, you could be the one that starts that conspiracy theory right here on the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Oh, there we go. Boom, boom, boom. All right. What's next in the news, Melissa?
2: Next is an article on CMO.com, which is entitled Hotels Push Back Against the Aggregators. And I'm not going to say that this is groundbreaking news. Uh, The article is talking about how hotels are really getting on the bandwagon of using their apps to drive loyalty and fighting against OTAs, basically. Uh, and giving reasons to either book through the app or just really keep the hotel top of mind and really deliver a good customer experience by having uh, consumers use their app. So between a having all your loyalty stuff right in the app, you know, we're talking about anything from early check-in to getting your Wi-Fi as soon as you get on property because you don't need a code anymore, it's built right into the app, to, you know, everything, uh, you know, from a customer service standpoint and like i said it's i'm not going to say that this is groundbreaking news but it's interesting to see that this is on cmo.com not on any hospitality specific website Um, and it's also interesting to see um, they mentioned specifically how hilton is using their app um, in terms of finally getting people to use it as keyless entry. Hello, hello, which is pretty awesome. And uh, I think that we can be supportive of this concept.
0: Well, yeah, considering we have a product in that exact space that does all those things called Guest Express, uh, including the keyless entry now, which is a new feature we're rolling out. So mobile app technology is here and it is being used. If you're an independent hotel and you're not jumping on this new technology, then you're missing out. And, and we're going to talk specifically later in this episode about the importance of communicating to the guest, not just after the stay and before the stay, but during the stay as well. And, you know, the mobile app is for the first time in history, it gives you real time one to one personal communication ability or capability with each and every guest and we've never had that before in the history of hospitality i mean you could call the room but chances are they weren't in the room right because they were in town to do something while they were there but now we can have real-time communication via their mobile device in an unintrusive way through push notifications text messaging whatever it is and if you look at the amount of money that hilton sunk into their mobile app technology and Marriott, and all these other flags have i mean it's millions and millions of dollars but you as an independent hotel can go and invest in a technology that is equal in terms of power but is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the cost. You know, you can get – there's a lot of products out there, but Guest Express, for example, starts at $250 a month. I mean, that's nothing when you think about all the value it brings to your guest in terms of experience and and ongoing loyalty and stuff like that.
2: According to this article, one in five consumers will download a hotel
1: app. I would believe that. Based on the data that we've seen of – you know, pushes for, from an email perspective yeah. and throughout the marketing yeah. process and what the return rate is on people actually downloading the app, yeah. that number sounds accurate. Yeah. It's not I'd low. say it's
0: low, honestly. I mean, I think we've got clients now where if they're doing a good job promoting it, and, and it's tough, right? Because when you look at how many guests, you got to figure in like three or four guests per room, right? Depending sure. on your, your makeup. But if we look at the number of reservations and the number of downloads they're getting, they're getting close to 50% of the total reservations are downloading that on average right so and of those people a lot are using the check-in and when we did our study last year for the consumer leisure traveler consumer study we saw that six almost two-thirds it was like 65 point something percent of people said that if the hotel were to offer things like mobile check, uh, mobile check out mobile checkout or late check-out, sorry they were to offer late check-out for a price actually charged for it that they would be willing to do it via a mobile app, right? So people not having a mobile app, not only are you not communicating with guests during the stay, but you're also missing out on lost potential revenue through additional services, through extended stays, through, you know, convenience stuff like that. So mobile apps are here, they're now, and the barrier to entry is is very, very minimal. Just if you're interested in learning more, just go to guestexpressapp.com, which is our product, Guestexpressapp.com. And uh, you're going to see all the features that we have. And I hate to do promotions on this show because that's not usually what we're about. But I just, it's surprising to me how many people in the industry, especially independent hotels, aren't seeing the value in this yet. It's crazy.
1: Well, you have to shift. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, on on this podcast podcast specifically about the integration of operations and marketing. An app really does both. You know, it helps the operation side. It helps the marketing side from a massive perspective. But also that previously when you would see an article like this on CMO or wherever it might be, an app was always a six figure plus investment, especially if it was going to do anything valuable. Now that the prices have come down to where an independent hotelier can actually take advantage of it, I think it's really going to start picking up steam and guests already expect it. It's going to become mandatory in the very near future.
0: Yeah. Valer, you have an opinion on this one?
3: Yeah, I like the, the choice of these two articles because I feel like that's kind of what the news is lately for every one article that you have about an OTA taking over and innovating and creating all this amazing technology. You have one from the hotelier perspective saying that they're also innovating and creating great technology and, and doing so in order to compete with the OTAs. So it's a really good wrap up of, I, I feel like, what we've seen in the news over the last couple of years. years. Um, And I mean, for this particular article, you know, talking about mobile apps, I I completely agree with you. It has to do with the promotion strategy. People have to know that you have it. So, again, that's why I think communication tools for hotels are so important as well, because you have to be proactive. You have to let them know that you have an app. You have to let them know what the features are in the app that they can, you know, interested in late checkout. You know, you can download our app here and, and purchase that on the go. So, I think these are all super important points for hotels to consider, and I'm glad that we'll be talking about it in more depth today.
0: Yeah, great. And and the mobile app, in, in a way, is how you came to be on this show because you and I, along with uh, Stand Touch, did a webinar recently which was talking about guest communication before, during, and after the stay. And th- this is where I really came, first came aware of the study that you did and the the correlation that you're finding between communication and guest satisfaction and things like that. So you want to let's jump into the topic. And do you want to tell the listeners, you know, what was the study you did? And then what what were your goals when you started, you know, trying to aggregate this data together?
3: Yeah, sure. So we've released two research studies this year. Um, I think you also saw the first one. It related to the beginning of the guest journey when they're searching for hotels and making a booking decision. So in that same research group of about 900 um, individuals who are surveyed, who have traveled and booked and stayed with a hotel in the past year, we, we again wanted to highlight every stage of the guest journey. So our second study was specifically about the on-site experience. And it related to, um, you know, how hotels were communicating, what methods they were using, and how that was influencing the guest experience. And we wanted to evaluate what the guest preferences were when it comes to communication so that we could then, again, hand that over to our hoteliers. So, again, why did we do this study? I mean, very much having to relate to the fact that after years of helping hotels with their online reviews, we found that. Again and again, hotels were just struggling to discover how they could improve their guest stay as it was happening. They would assume that everything was fine because they weren't getting a lot of concierge visits or um, on-site staff wasn't being called in, and they, they weren't reporting complaints. But then the reviews that they were getting were pretty scathing. So, you know, it's how do we how do we tie those two things together? Together, how do we improve the guest experience? One with communication, and also how do we utilize it to make sure that we can remediate issues and and get better reviews after the fact.
0: Yeah, and you know the old adage of no news is good news couldn't be further from the truth when it comes to Mm -hmm. guest satisfaction, right? If they're they're silent, they're probably not having the best time because you're not engaging with them, and you know you're not impacting their memories in a meaningful way and like you said they're going to go in and leave a scathing review afterwards but if you can head that off before they walk out the door if you can anticipate or at least ask and inquire how is the stay going or let me know if you have a problem you can like you said remediate the issue either before it happens or before at least at the very least before they leave the, the property and leave a negative review and then that has a negative impact on other people as well. So we agree 100% with your philosophy. Yeah,
3: exactly, and and even if it's not to prevent a, a scathing review, it is just to get reviews in general. I'm harping back to, to the fact that I was saying before, of if you're engaging more with your hotel, they're going to give you more feedback in general, good, bad, you know, maybe in the middle, or just suggestions for improvement. All of it is very helpful for a hotel in the end.
0: Yeah, and you know the best hotels that I've found, you know, there, there's a couple of traits that I, I see in their DNA. If the if if they're very successful one is that usually the general manager is very hands-on throughout the operations right they're they're mingling with their guests they're walking on the pool decks and, and talking to their guests but they're also asking the right questions they're also asking you know what are we doing right what are we not doing right and what could we do in addition to what we're doing you know if they're asking those three questions then typically and they're willing to listen in adapt based on the responses that's how they tend to improve and that's how they tend to give phenomenal customer service
3: yeah exactly and and that's what we also want to help hotels with as well you know installing a communication solution at your property is not it's not the easiest thing in the world but you know once you kind of shift your focus to communicating with your guests more and knowing what questions to ask and how to be proactive um, it actually creates a, a much better experience, not only for the guests but for the hotel operations and staff as well.
0: Gotcha. So let's, let's talk about the meat of the study. Like, let's jump into the results. What were some of the findings that you guys were able to get?
3: Yeah. So, so I'll I'll tell you about a few of the results, and then I would love your guys's take on on those points as well. So, the first of the of the main results was that. Definitely a majority of the guests that were surveyed um, at 80 percent expect hotels to initiate contact and reach out via email right after the booking, which I think is completely true. Um, If I'm booking a hotel and I don't get an email confirmation right away, I'm freaking out. I don't know what's happening. So, of course, that's that's kind of an obvious method that that people should be communicated with. And then also that seventy three percent of guests have communicated with a hotel via other online channels, so not just email but also text message and social media.
0: yeah, that was a high number for me. I mean, the eighty percent didn't surprise me, but the fact that a lot of them have initiated the conversation as well themselves that that's a high seemed like a high number to me.
2: I was shocked that only seventy nine percent said that the booking confirmation was important. Should that not be like ninety nine percent?
0: <laughs> I guess some people just aren't, uh, I don't know, diligent enough to need to see it and they're just going to show up and assume.
3: I know it's surprising for me too, but I guess, you know, there have been those moments where I've kind of booked something and then once it's done, I, I walk away and think everything's fine. Then you have that freak out moment about two days before you get there. Right. right? So, so it would be great if, even if it wasn't right after booking, but maybe right before your stay. So in that pre-stay stage, um, when you're getting ready to travel and you want some recommendations about how to get there, what the check-in experience will be, that's also a really important time to communicate with the guest.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: So the the second topic or result um, that I want to talk about is kind of how we came up with the title of today's podcast. So if you all were intrigued by that um, by that title about how communication relates to satisfaction, here we go. Um, The result was that both text messaging and social media actually show statistically significantly higher satisfaction ratings than when they were both respectively not used. So that means that we asked the guests if they had ever used text messaging or social media to interact with a hotel. And for those that said yes, they had much higher satisfaction rates than those that had used other more traditional methods. So I thought that was really interesting, too. So even if a lot of people aren't using it, the ones that are have a higher guest satisfaction rate
0: right and and it's it's tough to say whether well, that's correlation or causation right but i've seen other studies you know harvard puts out a good study each year that looks at engagement and satisfaction and they've always made the assertion that if you communicate with your customer more then they're going to have a better experience in general right so they, they're they're being a little more blunt about there's a causation here which which yours could definitely indicate the same thing right but Think about that as a hotelier, right? That you, it's a lot of people say, "Well, I don't want to mess with my guests whether on property they're on vacation, you know, they don't need me interfering." But what we're saying is they're going to have a better time if you do communicate with them during the stay, right?
1: I think the goal is to not be intrusive about your communications. You know, if you send them a push message, if you send them a text message, or whatever it might be, or they just want to ask you a question, giving mm-hmm. the guest the tools to ask you that question with whatever means. That they feel most comfortable with
0: right and it doesn't necessarily have to be technology right it it Mm -hmm. could also be going out of your way to communicate with them when you see them in the property as well because if you read a lot of reviews there's a heavy correlation between the friendliness of the staff in the satisfaction rating that the Mm person's get leaving in the review how many times you see a review that mentions a staff member by name and how they help them you know so The more you can interact with your guests again we're in the hospitality industry right we're meant to be hospitable we're meant to be innkeepers at the end of the day and we're meant to be making sure that our guests feel safe and comfortable and welcome in our properties and one of the best ways to do that is through communication and that could be in person but even more today it can be via technology whether that's push notification sms social media one of the many forms of communication that they have access to in real time while they're on property. You've got to be leveraging some of these platforms. You're- and I
2: have to say, as an introvert, I would much rather do something like email or text message than actually pick up a phone or go see somebody in person. I do not want human touch involved.
0: Right. So if if you saw a sign in the front desk, Melissa, that said, let us know if you have a problem, you would never, you're I, not the kind of person who no. would ever, right? No. But if you got a text message that said that, wouldn't you be a lot more likely to respond Absolutely. to it if there was an issue? Absolutely. Yeah. So don't you wish they did that in restaurants so you could text oh, them when the food great. wasn't to your satisfaction? Because yes. you're someone that never I sends never send the food, food back. I never send food back. No. It could be the complete wrong dish and you're never going to yes, let them know, right? exactly. Okay. And there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of people that even if it's a perfect dish, you're going to send it back. But there's an awful lot of Melissa's in this world. In in taking down that, um, that, that intimidation barrier of having to talk to someone face-to-face by using technology can really help solicit feedback from this group of guests that up until now have been silent until they leave the property and right. then maybe and leave then a And then they're going to leave a negative right? review. Because you're also yeah. someone that will leave reviews. Yes. So And come and tell a dozen people about the negative experience you had as well. So that word of mouth kills it as well. Exactly. So that that's a great insight. And then honestly, Valerie, that's, that's data that we're going to be putting into a lot of our collateral and, and, and quoting you guys because, you know, obviously... our our guest express mobile app platform a big part of that is the communication piece of it and you know people are still scratching their head trying to understand how to use it and why they should use it but just the notion that communicating with your guest improves their satisfaction which ergo increases your online reputation which then probably raises your visibility online and allows you to raise your adr i mean it's just good business sense at the end of the day so at the end of the day you make more money as a property if you communicate with your guests versus if you don't it's very simple math
3: right exactly and i'm glad to hear that that you guys appreciate the findings in the study and that it's helpful for you as well that really is the purpose of these studies we we never try to push products on people or create products that we don't think will be of value we really try to show the value of a product and find something that is going to be a true solution. We're not trying to sell software, but we're trying to sell solutions to hoteliers and really help them in those respects. So yeah, I mean, we're very happy to be putting out studies like this that that contribute to these findings. And Melissa, to what you said, I'm with you. I am always so nervous about being rude or saying something that they might not like or reporting situations. So this last statistic was probably the most surprising for me was that that for these guests that were surveyed on-site hoteliers are their preferred point of contact and guests are extremely likely and by extremely likely even higher than 80% this one's 91% to report service issues during their stay. So I'm not exactly sure, you know, they're using lots of different types of methods I think for that though. Mm-hmm. They're going to social media maybe to say something. Or they might be picking up the phone, um, but they might not be coming to them in person um, on site. So I think, again, by using these other types of engagement, we're making sure that they're not saying something nasty on social media or writing a nasty review actually while they're on site, but they're coming to you for those issues and, and giving you as the hotelier the opportunity to do something about it.
0: Yeah, so I think, I think there's two two sides to this, right? One, one is that's great that guests are willing to, to raise the a flag if there's an issue, right? And giving them the right technology to do that. Whether you said, I, I'm someone who will pick up the phone and call the front desk if there's something wrong with my room, if I need more towels, whatever it is, right? I'll pick up the phone. Very rarely would I go down to the front desk. Uh, there's a lot of people that probably wouldn't engage at all. Although 91% here, which seems really, really high, are saying that they would, But on the other side, we've got the operations, right? How do you deal with these requests? Because they can come in from so many different sources now, because they can can come in from SMS or a push notification or an email or social media or the phone or in person. So having the mechanism in-house and having your staff trained appropriately to handle situations when a guest is having a negative experience, because we also know, I mean, historically, from it, this is just one of the earliest lessons that we all learn, that if someone has a negative experience and you correct it, then oftentimes they're going to be more of a vocal advocate for your brand than someone that didn't have an issue, right? So looking at the negativity and the, and the bad situations as an opportunity not only to fix that individual, but to turn them into a raving fanatical fan of your brand and then an evangelist of your brand? I mean, why would you not leverage that opportunity if you can?
1: So, you know, Valerie, one of the parts of the study that I was looking at is the profile of the guest. And I thought this is really interesting information, primarily the device used to book and by gender. Uh, can you share a little information about that part of the study with us?
3: Yeah, exactly. So um, so we did break it down by gender and, and how... Um, or what devices they were using. And we found that it skewed much more female when it came to desktop bookings and much more male when it came to mobile bookings, almost a 60-40 split on either side. So I do think that that's very interesting. Um, I definitely think that my husband fall right into that stereotype. I think he's always on his phone and trying to do everything on the go, and I'm the one on the computer with multiple tabs open and trying to look at you know, all these different things like hotel reviews and pricing and multiple websites, and I feel like I'm just more comfortable on my desktop when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, it's honestly the same as our family as well where I'm on my phone and my wife's sitting there on the computer the whole time.
0: Yeah, I I mean, other than for work, I never use a laptop. Mm -hmm. You know, any kind of research is on my phone now. But my wife will still open up a laptop and, you know, do the research, the diligence.
2: I was shocked, honestly, at the discrepancy between the devices by gender. But when you put it that way, in terms of probably how the male brain works versus the female brain, and you're much more likely, as a female, to sit there and do all the 400 tabs open and cross- checking every you know review and all the different OTAs and then the, the hotel directly and versus a guy that would probably if I look at my husband who's just like okay this is a good rate okay I'm booking this okay we're yeah. done it's close to where <laughs> yeah. I want to be yeah, at the problem price problem I want problem. yeah it's yeah. good enough
0: all those people that left reviews me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with them in anyway. general
1: this says four and a half stars yeah, yeah, it's good yeah, yeah, That's good enough there's an longer. aggregate
0: score that I accept for yep. the price good to go Whereas, yeah, my, my wife will look at, like, every word in every review.
1: One, one of the things I really was excited about in this study is, you know, yes, you have the the difference between male female and the device that they book on. If you look at the overall number or percentage of mobile bookings, it's pretty impressive. I mean, am I right here where it says 34% of all bookings are made on a mobile device?
3: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, and I'd say that that's in line with, the data we're seeing on our clients, you know, because we have the booking engines and and we host a lot of websites. And so we're we're seeing that we actually had one client this past month for the first time where mobile bookings exceeded desktop Desktop bookings. It was amazing. Yeah. So we we got one client that's hit that tipping point. Well, think about
1: how much times have changed over the last just several years. It wasn't long ago. We're like, wow, we've had Almost fifty percent of visits to a website on mobile devices, mm-hmm. and we've gone so far past that. Now we're yeah. at parity in terms of mobile versus desktop bookings.
0: Yeah, it's it's getting close. I mean, the gap's not completely closed. Like I said, yeah, we have outlier, one one client sure. out of hundreds that that is, is hit hit it, but there's a lot in that thirty five to forty five percent range. So, uh, you know, within another year or two, a lot of people for online bookings it'll be fifty fifty mobile mm-hmm. and desktop, no question. Uh, especially, especially once the women start using their desktops and start using their mobile devices mm-hmm. to book, then we'll be good. Uh, but yeah, 2014 is when we hit the traffic tipping point. Yep. you know where mobile traffic exceeded desktop traffic, and yet still, how many hotels out there don't have a mobile website or a mobile booking engine? More importantly, baffling. You know, it, it's it's it is head scratching, for sure. All right, so Valerie, back to the study. So what what were some of your big takeaways? From from this,
3: sure. So so some of our, our big t- takeaways. I think an obvious one is we want to encourage our hotels to communicate with guests. Um, this is a huge opportunity for them. I think we talked a lot today about how it's important for guest satisfaction and to create advocates and and loyal guests. But on the other side, you know, this is also a big revenue opportunity. We touched on that a little bit, but. This is a big opportunity to educate your guests about what services you do offer, upsell them on those on those services, and you know, alongside that, of course, you're solving issues with more efficiency. But you know, when it comes to if you want to increase your ADR, if you want to increase ancillary revenues on your property, communication is a huge way that you can do that, alongside a great mobile app as well.
0: Man, you could you could come sell our products for us because you're saying all the things we say when we're. <laughs> Trying to talk to hotels. We're
3: good, we're good partners like that, right? That's right,
0: exactly. What else? Is there anything else that stood out to you guys?
2: I think going back to the last statement that 75% agree of this study that they would like to communicate one-on-one with somebody at the accommodation and 90% would take the opportunity to do it before they leave versus after they leave. It's just, it's huge.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense why, why you wouldn't communicate with your guests at this point yeah. during the stay. There's no compelling reason other than laziness. And I know that if you listen to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, you are not a lazy person. So let's, let's get it together, people, and start communicating with our guests more frequently during the stay. Mm-hmm. Ask them how it's going. Ask them what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and what you could do different next time. It's those three questions alone will improve your operations tremendously.
1: Yes, I mean, kind of building on that, and I know one way, pre and almost during their stay, email has always been a very important way of communicating with your guest, And you kind of across the board, hotels do this all differently. Uh, Oddly enough, only 80% of the people expect a confirmation email, (laughs) which is incredibly odd to me. But I mean, are there any other areas where I think hotels are maybe falling short with their email strategies prior to the guest showing up to to get them in the mood where they're going to have a great experience. And you know, if they have something wrong, opening up the lines of communication to, to get them sharing that feedback with you.
0: Yeah, and I think that people have the, the notion that you can only send a confirmation email, maybe one pre-arrival email to a guest. But mm-hmm. that's not the case. The, the rules of engagement with email change dramatically once someone has entered into a contract to stay with your property, right? We, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where when the booking happens is when the stay begins. And if the stay begun, then you have the right and, and the guest is expecting you to communicate with them as long as you're adding value every time you communicate, right? I don't mind if, if I book six months out for my summer vacation I probably don't mind getting nudged every month during that period to remind me that it's coming up, maybe giving me a countdown, maybe telling me what's going on during that time, maybe the opportunity to improve my vacation with an upgrade or you know whatever it is. As long as you're being genuine and being helpful to the guest, you can communicate with them many, many times before they stay without causing any frustration or alienating them in any yeah. way.
1: I mean, Valerie, is there any like set number that you see in this study where you know, customers were getting some emails that they're really responding to well?
3: You know, I think what we're seeing, again, with the the higher satisfaction relating to the text messaging and the social media, I think that all goes back to personalization. So I think email is great. I think it's a good method, of course, for, you know, making sure that they're confirmed with their booking and maybe a reminder a couple of days before, because that's when they're actually checking their email. But with so much email spam, when it comes to marketing from from all different places, not just obviously hotels, but from airlines to the shopping sites that you're going on, um, it's kind of lost some of its personalization. You kind of know that in the back end they're sending this email to a, a ton of people. But if you're communicating with them via Facebook Messenger, let's say, which is a great place that they usually. See messages from their friends or from their family. If they see one from their hotel, I think that sends a completely different type of message. That's very personal. Um, You know that that makes it seem like it's a it's a one to one connection with that hotel instead of them just sending them uh, the guests a lot of information and the guests not really being able to communicate back. I think text messaging and Facebook Messenger, all these more personal channels that we use again with friends or family. So. Being able to communicate in that way with your hotel, I think, kind of sends that that same kind of vibe of of personalization and and creates a, a happier guest overall.
0: For sure, and and again, it's a different rule of engagement, right? Because you're not selling at that point. Like I would never say, "Go use Facebook Messenger and send and spam everyone's inbox to tell them to book with you," right? Or even SMS is probably out of bounds in terms of soliciting new business but once they've made that booking they committed to coming to stay with you now you have a relationship and the expectations are fundamentally different so absolutely sending a text at that point or or a personal message on on facebook is not only appropriate but it it benefits both parties in, in terms of the guest experience and your pocketbooks because they're more likely to spend more money if they having a good time, so so let's talk. Let's get down to brass tacks and talk about the practicalities of this Valerie. On this show, we like to, you know, give some real tangible advice to our guests. And, and you know, we talked in generalities about you know the importance of this. But what would your advice be to folks that are listening? And we've convinced them somehow that they need to do a better job communicating with their guests. Like what would you what would you tell them how to start?
3: Sure. So I think just based on the conversations that we've had already with hotels that are using it or thinking about using it, the feedback that we probably get the most is, you know, how is this going to inundate my staff? Um, I think they immediately envision just this slew of text messages or messages into their inbox, and they're not able to respond to all of them. So they're thinking about hiring immediately. They're thinking about resources. They're thinking about time. They are thinking about onboarding all of these people onto onto a different solution. And those are completely valid concerns and obviously something that we like to address. So I think, again, it's it's... When it comes to the content that you're putting out there via text message and via these proactive outreach messages, I think there's there's two key things. I've already touched on one. Obviously, one is personalization. I think the second one is is practicality, which is what you were talking about before, Stuart, of, of making sure that you're actually sending them something that is of value, and not only of value to the guests, but also of value to you as a hotelier. So One of the more recent uh, items that we've added into our communication and messaging solutions is a pre-stay survey which is very handy in, in, again, those cases of, okay, I want to reach out to the guest before they come to our hotel, but I'm not sure exactly what to say. Will they even care if I, you know, say what the weather is going to be like or if I just give them a standard welcome? But a pre-stay survey actually asks them, you know, you're about to stay at our hotel. What can we do to better serve you while you're here? So instead of having those elongated conversations at check-in or, again, and if you're just more of a person and that just goes to your hotel, checks in and doesn't talk to anyone, but then doesn't have a fantastic time because you don't know how to communicate what you want or need. These pre-stay surveys are a great way of of just kind of checking those boxes of, you know, are you going to book at the spa? Would you be interested in hearing about things to do in the city? Are you interested in a room upgrade? You know, do you want the, the great view or do you want more of a quiet setting? Um, so I think those are really practical applications. And it will reduce time on site with your staff so your staff doesn't have to ask those questions or doesn't have to make all these room adjustments last minute. They're kind of prepared for that right away. So there are ways that with proactive outreach messages, you can actually achieve more efficiency while reducing costs.
1: Yeah. I love the idea of the pre-arrival message. And it's one of those things where it makes so much sense, but I don't know of any hotel that's actually doing that. And it make. I mean, one, you're not going to comp- complain if someone says, "Hey, how can we help you?" and you don't answer. You know so if, uh, right away, I would think that would help eliminate you know your negative response, but also just finding out that you know, oh, this guest has kids, they're gonna need extra towels in the room or whatever it might be. I mean, what a phenomenal idea. I like
0: yeah, that. it is as, as long as you deliver, right? The worst well, thing that's <laughs> asking a question, what kind of view do you want and then being, me, well, tough. <laughs> you know yeah. so you got to operationally being set up in a way to deliver but but i think adding that personal touch i mean that's just a very simple example right so that you just gave pete which is they've got kids put extra towels in the room it makes a lot of sense i don't know any properties that are doing it but do it and let them know that you did it because you're thoughtful i mean think about how much of an impact that as a parent if i got an email saying hey we got your feedback we saw you have kids coming so we put extra we know those." Those little tykes are going to get messy on the beach or whatever, so we put some extra towels in in there just in case you need them. I think that's a nice little personal touch that makes me feel like less of a number and more of a guest in someone's inn.
3: Yeah, exactly. And there and there are other technologies that also help hotels with that. So you were saying, you know, you hit, you hit the nail on the head with. Yes, okay, ask for what they want, but then you have to deliver on that too, right? So right. I think a lot of hotels um, are, are taking ownership of task management solutions. So actually, every task that they need to do for a guest are actually logged and assigned to someone. And so, um, you know, I know a partner of our, ours, Hot Sauce, does this very well of, you know, creating tasks for more efficiency. And then with the integration of messaging alongside that, know you can get those tasks uh, more inbound requests for that are then tracked and logged and then you can actually follow up on them so i think those are two huge components of 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 getting the message out there getting feedback from your customer and then actually being able to to prove to your guests that that you can achieve
0: that yeah no i love those kind of products we we work with hot sauce and, and there's another one out there called tracking care that we integrate with as well and both those products do a good job. And, and one of my favorite things is you can really set expectations with guests. And you can tell them, say there's a, a clogged toilet or, or light bulb needs replacing, and, and they've made you aware of it. Not only can you acknowledge that, okay, we know that there's a problem, but you can set an expectation. Say this, the gym is going to be there in 30 minutes to fix it so that they they know they don't have to Stress about whether or not it's going to get done before you have the bed. Kids have to go to bed or whatever it is, right? So, communicating, setting expectations, especially in times of stress when something's not perfect, tools like that can really help you for sure.
1: So, so one question I had for you was: we we talked about all different kind of forms of communications that people prefer, from email to the hotel website, right down through like a hotel app or a booking app, and then there's all the different that are involved with messaging, SMS, Facebook Messenger, all that kind of stuff, are, how can a hotel monitor and manage all of those platforms and still do hotel stuff? You know, it seems like it takes a ton of effort to do all that. How, how do you combine that into, you know, one job where you're doing very well at responding to all these channels?
3: Our, our solution, um, at least TrustU's guest messaging solution, solves for that in, in the same way that we kind of solved for, for online reviews. So it was the same struggle that the hotels had with online reviews. They had online reviews that they had to respond to on dozens and dozens of channels, all of the OTAs, TripAdvisor, um, their own, you know, website, their own surveys. So they had they had feedback from everywhere. And so what we did was we aggregated all of those um, all of those reviews, and they were able to respond to them via one inbox. So it's the same with our messaging solution. So no matter which way that you're communicating with a with a guest, or they're communicating with you, whether that's by email, Facebook Messenger, or SMS texting, it all is coming in through one review inbox. So it doesn't make for magic and there's still work that's involved, but at least it's all in one place and you don't have to envision yourself, again, like me when I'm booking with <laughs> multiple different tabs open on your computer. It's really just one system and platform that you're using.
0: Yeah, and I think if operationally you ad- you adopt certain processes, right, then, then you find efficiencies in other areas. So for, for example, Valerie touched on this earlier, if you're asking people before they check in, for some preferences that you usually ask during the check-in process, you're now expediting that that little piece, right? So you're getting more efficient at the check-in process. People are not standing in line as long, but also your reservationists aren't taking as long to check individuals in. So I think you can find operational effic- efficiencies by being proactive and in, in, you know, making sure that someone has ownership over guest communication and in making sure that there's accountability there so that, people are doing what they're supposed to do and when they when they're supposed to do it Uh, but this has been a great conversation and and the study is really good there's some great insight that we've already started putting in some of our slide decks valerie so we we really appreciate you not only doing the study but also being on the show today so if someone wants to get the their hands on the study what's the easiest way for them to do that
3: sure so they can download the study on our website it's trustyou.com um, and it's actually considered one of our white papers so if you go to our resources section um, you can find it under the white papers and it's our most recent one and what, and what is we'll the name go of the study ahead and put the the url up on the um, up on your website
0: yeah we're going to put them in the show notes which you can get at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 60 uh, what's the name of the study or the name of the white paper
3: sure so the name of the white paper is consumer research reveals guest preferences and expectations for direct hotel communication it's kind of a mouthful <laughs> it, it
0: is but it's, it's also very descriptive of what it is so yes very cool all right so if if someone wants to learn more about trust you uh where can they find you on the web
3: Yeah, so for Trust You, you can obviously find us on our website, www.trustyou.com. We are also on Twitter at Trust You and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. No one has taken our name. So you just type in T-R-U-S-T-Y-O-U and you can find us.
0: That is awesome. Well, we definitely appreciate you being on the show today. You did a phenomenal job. This is your first time on the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, but we hope that you'll come back again at some point, in, maybe when you do the next study. Uh, Valerie, is there any w- words of wisdom or last thoughts you want to give us before we sign off?
3: Oh gosh, <laughs> you're putting me on the spot here.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We like to make it uncomfortable on this show from time to time. Hey, we've been pretty easy. When we've had other guests, we we pushed them on their preference on, on bananas, uh, cats, Well, I was going to ask her
1: that because uh, Misha's not here, we need at least one good dad joke. Or cat or wine reference.
0: Oh, this is
3: true. Oh, oh, I'm full of those actually. My husband is, I guess, practicing for later in our life and <laughs> has told me a, a billion dad jokes recently.
1: Okay, <laughs> all you have to do is remember one of them
0: right now. <laughs> or you can take like words from each of the billion and put them together yeah. into a nonsensical kid joke. Yeah.
3: Well, oh, yeah. Well, what we like to do is to hold out on each other and we won't you know, we'll try not to break or laugh at each other's jokes. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a challenge with each other of, try, of trying to make each other laugh via a dad jokes. <laughs> well, you have to
1: tell us one now.
3: <laughs> All right. Let's see <laughs> if I can, if I can get you guys with this one. All right. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet?
1: <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> Supplies. <laughs> <laughs> that's an awesome one. Actually. That is a I don't joke. know if it was a pity laugh, but I'm going to. No, no, it. no, that was, that that was, was good. a no, good That's, that, a- that's going to get used <laughs> with my eight and ten year old later on today.
0: Absolutely. Well, Val, <laughs> thank, thank you for the joke <laughs> and thank you for being on the show. And everyone listening at home, thank you for listening. Please leave a review on iTunes. It helps spread the word. But Pete, where can they find you on the web? They can find me on Twitter.
1: I'm at pdimeo. P D I M A I O.
0: And Melissa, where can they find you on the web?
2: I am on Twitter at m a -A 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 M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H.
0: And you can find me at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. And uh, again, get the show notes and a link to download the Trust You Study at FuelTravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 60. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast.
3: Why do white girls travel in odd numbers? I don't know. Because they can't even.